0: And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 86 today, week three recap. As always, your host, TJ Savaro, alongside me,
1: Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman, my father, Tommy Savaro. Kurtzman, how are we doing today, brother? Good. Been a long week off. Uh, stressful week for me, but glad that we're back on to get another game week for the league. Yeah. Dad, how are you feeling today on this uh, Easter Sunday?
2: I had a good day. A lot of good food.
0: Okay, that's it. A good day, good food. That's all you got.
2: <laughs> no football this week. Kind of disappointing.
0: Yeah, w- weird week. Coming off of a weird week too, Kurt. Before we uh, we get into the the recap of the week three games that were at uh, what it was the field, New Haven in uh, in what what is it? Heavenly, Heavenly, Heavenly Farm. 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 What's New Haven, Connecticut? What is that? Yeah. Is that Connecticut? Heavenly Farms in East Brunswick. Before we get into
1: those games, uh, is there anything you want to say? Uh, any any league news going forward here? Um, just keep. Keep playing, keep uh, respecting the refs, keep um, showing up and balling out. Uh, In regards to the forfeit this Sunday, this past Sunday, um, first one in league history doesn't make me happy that it happens against me um, in such a high-profile matchup. But let's not make a habit of this. I don't want this ever happening again. It's never been a part of our league. I've never had an issue with it. Um, try to give your captain like a one to two day notice. If you're not showing up, I understand stuff happens and you oversleep or you, something comes up late notice and you can't make it. Um, but let's not, let's try to make sure we have enough guys to play. And if we don't have enough guys to play, let's make sure that we're, um, preparing subs to be able to play for you. If need be, I don't want forfeits becoming a part of our league going forward. So
0: let's make this the first and last forfeit. Kurtzman, since we're, you know, obviously, as you know, there's no edits in the podcast anymore. Uh, I was setting you up to talk about the new sponsorship.
1: Oh, yes. No, also, <laughs> new, no, new sponsorship for the league. Uh, as you guys know, Joe Leota on the Dartmouth team, he opened a pizzeria on Route 34 recently. It's called Dolce Vita Cucina Italiana. It Cicina. is an um, Italian restaurant and pizzeria located on thir- Route 34, right by the, the Ralph's um, Isis. so very good location. Um, you could do a little uh pizza date and then get some ice ice cream or ices after. So okay, lover boy cards Yeah, lover boy, I guess. Um no, so and also on top of that, season's end, he is going to host the the championship team for a um a championship dinner. Very at nice his restaurant free of charge. Um nice thing for him to reach out to us and offer. And in return, we're gonna hope to get him some more business. Yeah. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to, you know, everything that he's got going on. Make sure you guys definitely go and check that out. I know for
0: sure I will be stopping by this week uh, and getting my first uh, my first order in over there. So shout out to Joe. Uh, let's get into these. Let's get into these week three games. Let's start with the slate. It's going to be uh it's going to be an interesting, interesting week. We're missing a game off the slate, obviously, like Erskine just said, due to the forfeit. But let's start only one nine o'clock game this past week. Week three recap, of course, uh, Dartmouth against Blue Mountain State. This was the first one in the rain. The rain, you know, started coming down a little uh, midway through. It wasn't that bad. I don't think it had that much impact on the game. Would you guys agree with that, that the rain didn't have that much of an impact?
1: Uh, no impact. No impact to yeah. you? Chris, what yeah. do you think? I mean, there were a couple drop balls in the game, but I think no no advantage either way. because So both teams had to play through it. So
2: I don't think it really made a play crazy impact on the game. Dad, I'll start off with you. Uh, what were your big takeaways from this one? Well, I've been waiting for uh, Piscopo. Uh, my boy, Joe, to play a complete game, not a half here and a half there. The boy played a complete game and it showed. They came out strong and uh, the impressions I got, Nick Tompkins is a beast. That kid will catch anything. Uh, pouring rain. At one point, it was coming down pretty steady. And, you know, Joe was throwing darts and and, and Nick, I mean, they were sticking to his hands. I mean, the kid's are a phenomenal athlete. Kurtzman. Um. I think Dartmouth's kind of put it together a little
1: bit. They look like they've kind of grown every week. Week one didn't have Tompkins, bad loss to Florida state or a big loss to Florida state. I shouldn't say it's a bad loss. Um, week two, they rebound Tompkins comes back. They, they pull out a close one. And then week three, they come out and they kind of take care of business here never felt like the game was probably out of their control. Um, they moved the ball very well offensively. Joe had a great day all around. He rushed for over a hundred yards. He threw for over a hundred yards. Um, he was just he was just on fire. He was hitting Tompkins right in the numbers every throw. Tompkins' yeah. big body receiver was running really good routes, making himself available for Joe to throw the ball to. And um one thing I always say about Joe is that um he's just going to keep making plays. He's very good at running after the, like running running through the whistle. So like he like he had a big touchdown run where he made like three or four people miss, but there were multiple opportunities where some guys would have just thought their flag was grabbed and he kept playing. And, and he just kept playing and he scored and those are the little things that help team's win. And um, Joe's a dog, man. He came out with a good game plan. Looked like they knew what they really wanted to do on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, no, I think Darby played a really good game. And Liam Knowles really didn't even get that involved on offense. So there's yeah, still, I, I still think, Yeah, I there's agree with you. Nother, like, chat. There's still a whole other like, part of this team's offensive game that c- hasn't been unlocked yet. So you love to see your uh, quarterback get the best player on his team, Tompkins, involved. Uh, most targets on the team, most catches on the team this week. Um, but there's still a lot of weapons on this team that can make more plays like Santuccio, Ritter, um, Liam, et cetera.
0: No, I agree with you, and I think they do still have another part of their offense to unlock, like you said. My question to you guys is what's going on with Blue Mountain State and Vin Gargano? Are we nervous about – like is it officially time to,
1: to hit the panic button on um, Blue Mountain State? I, listen, man – one in three in a nine game season. So five games left, you'd have to assume three and two at the worst you have to do from this point out. Listen, that's, that's, that's more than feasible for a Vingargano led team, but just a lot of drops all around, not helping him out. Um, know it was raining this week. So like, I get, like, I get it. Like, as a quarterback, you have to understand sometimes you guys are going to drop the ball, especially in the elements like that. But I feel like it's been a couple of weeks in a row where the receivers and it really just they just haven't been able to um, reward Gargano for like the the time he makes in the pocket and things he's able to do back there before letting go of the ball. Um, defensively, I think they do pretty well grabbing the flag. I think um, they had a it, few mishaps in this game though. Yeah, they missed Matt Green on the on the outside. Um, Joe. Year. What's up? Joe for the long touchdown. Oh, yeah, Joe for the long touchdown. They were missing Rob Marco as well. So um, not your best Blue Mountain State roster out there, but more than enough athletes out there with Bryce, Mikey, Paul, Vin to make plays, Vin Arena to make plays. Um, I just think that they need to score in the red zone. They had too many times, uh too many times late in the game. Two two possessions where they got inside the 10 and just didn't score. So um,
0: yeah, I yeah, like- Bryce looked good. I thought Bryce looked good. I thought Dylan Perone came out of the gates and looked good to start as well. I think he had like three or four flag grabs and a sack to start the game. Like defensively, I think they need to put it. A, a, I think they needed to put it together a little bit more defensively. They don't have to be great defensively, obviously, when you have Vin, but they got to be a little bit better than they were. Like I just feel like a, a few sloppy long touchdowns. Uh, Dad, what do you, what do you think they they need to do better as a team?
2: I, I liked uh, Bryce in this game. I, I like to see him go to him uh, more. I think the kid's a weapon. Uh, he's electric with the ball in his hands uh, and open field. Uh, I think that's gotta be part, more part of their offense moving forward. Uh, a little disappointed. I haven't seen the connection between, uh, uh Vin and Paul Ferrari. Uh, I, you know, that was, I believe was his second pick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, as it, it, a reason why I took him second was Paul's that kind of player. And i like to see him get a little bit more involved. I don't know if, you know, the chemistry is, is right right now, but uh, you know, to, to move forward, to get this team going on the right track, you got to get him involved.
0: Yeah, this is a huge win for Dartmouth. Puts them at two and one on the season. Obviously, bad loss
1: for Blue Mountain State, putting them at one and three. Kurtzman, do you have anything else on this game? Um, no. I think that both I think both teams in the trenches did a pretty good job protecting their quarterbacks and also rushing the passer. So, um, I think really just for Blue Mountain State, man, they just got to kind of play together. I know they had a practice this weekend. Um, okay, nice. Yeah, I, Vin is not happy. Like, I, it was funny we were talking about. Um, like we we're, me and Mikey were talking about how, like, back in the day, like, ever like Vin used to win because he was just the best player on the field. And now that might not necessarily be true every time we're on the field now. And he he's definitely not happy about being one and three. I'll tell you that. Mm. So, um, look for a motivated Vingariano this week, up uh, this upcoming week. I'm, I don't remember who they're playing off the top of my head, but, um, I, I'm excited to see what they got cooking up.
0: Nice bit of information right there. Uh, you got stats for this one, Kurtzman?
1: Yeah, Piscopo finished 10 of 15, 127 yards, three touchdowns. Also ran 10 times for 125 yards and a touchdown. Also had five tackles on defense. Um, All around around, great game. Uh, Have a day, some might say. Um, Tompkins, six catches, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Also had a sack and a pass breakup. Uh, Rich Ritter had an interception and a pass breakup. Uh, Santuccio caught a touchdown in this one and had a pass breakup. Uh, Joliot had an interception and a catch for nine yards. Liam Mills, two catches and also had a big sack, uh, early in this one on a fourth down play that stopped them inside the 10. Uh, and Joe DeMayo also had pass breakup and a couple tackles for blue mountain state. Vingargana was 14 of 27, 200 yards, two touchdowns, two picks also ran four carries 72 yards and a touchdown, which was one of the craziest runs I've seen in a long time in this league. um, Paul Ali one catch, 15 yards. Bryce had five catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. Mikey Gargano, six catches, 65 yards and a touchdown. Jay Coburn, one catch, 14 yards and a sack. Dylan Perrone had a sack and three tackles. Vin Arena had a catch, and Matt Schaefer had two tackles. Very nice. Let's move on to the 10 o'clock slate. Uh, Georgia
0: versus Wyoming, obviously did not happen. Kurtzman team takes a win by default there as a forfeit for Georgia. Wyoming goes to four and zero in the standings. Three and 3 and zero. Excuse 3-0, 3-0. me, three and zero. And Georgia goes to three and one. Correct. Uh, goes to three and one. Correct. All right. Correct. Let's move on to the other ten o'clock. Uh, the other ten o'clock game: TCU against Florida. Best this game. was this was probably the best game of the weekend. This was a really really good one. Dow
2: will start with you. Uh, what were your big takeaways? Uh, s- such an exciting game, and you know. Battle of the quarterbacks, uh, both running quarterbacks, both electric in the open field. I mean, highlight, uh, real material almost on every play. Uh, the things I took away from it, I think that, uh, both these teams, I think they, they respond and react to their leaders. I think Florida goes as, um, Jurok. Jurok goes. And, uh, I think TCU goes as Eric goes. Uh, they both brought out their A games. Uh, Joe Dell. Joe Dell had the best game. I I loved watching him play. Pick six was crazy. Pick six was crazy. He had an an extra point. I believe catch an extra point that uh, he actually caught before the end zone and got in. Pray for Matt Ballow having to guard Joe Dell the entire day. You know, you just see the excitement and the enthusiasm. The team feeds off of that. I love seeing shit like that. Joe Dell's a star. Star in my book. Uh, Again, I want to, you know, Eric had a great game. It's what I expected to see, Uh, even though, you know, it's, it's a rainy day and it's tough to pass. I mean, he did well in a short passing game. They worked with that. Uh, they worked a lot off their runs, a lot of bubble screens. I, I noticed, I you know, and weather like that. I don't blame him for doing that. I, I I applaud his offense.
0: And how about Dylan getting back involved in the game, making some big plays yeah, down Dylan's the field? Dylan's one of the
2: best receivers in the league. You got to get him involved. And, you know, when they team up, their team will be fine. Yeah. Um.
0: Kurtzman,
1: what were your big takeaways from this one? Um, I'm not gonna lie, man. Like I saw a 40-35 score. And when you like look at the stats and watch the film, where were the adjustments? Both oh. sides on defense. Oh, like, no, I'm just like, listen, I saw I was watching the film. TCU ran the same play a couple times in a row and it worked for multiple big games in a row. And I'm kind of like looking at it like I expect more out of both of these these teams in terms of like their IQ during the game. Um, I, I was a little disappointed to see that the defenses didn't really make any adjustments, kind of just allowed the quarterbacks to have these open lanes. I kind of wish I was playing in this game. I might've had 200 rushing yards too. Um, But uh, you got to like that. The teams on offense, at least stuck to the, Hey, it's raining. The ball is slippery quarter. uh, There's going to be a lot of tip balls could be uh, interceptions that way. Let's keep the ball on the ground and move it. Uh, Jirok and Eric will trusted their legs more than their arms in this one. And that's that there's no problem with that. in these conditions um just everyone really the both teams spread the ball out pretty well as i'm looking at the stats uh i think everyone yeah everyone really got involved that played in this one uh i just i'm, I'm interested to see what wh- what were the talks on defense jarak wow.
0: jarak was absolutely feasting um he was looking like bo jackson on tech mobile
1: yeah jarak uh, broke the uh the single rushing record 224 yards
2: yeah i, I asked him at one point i said oh I saw him on the sidelines a lot during uh, when the team was playing defense. I asked him, I said, you know, is it because you, you're you tired or you need winded? I said, I think you need to be out there because he could have offset what, what, you know, Eric was doing on the other side of the ball. You know, he's fast enough to play D against and play a spy, you know, go up against them like that. Drag was definitely tired. He, 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 was, so, he was, he was, you could tell, but he did get in late in the game when he could. Yeah, no, I, I thought this one right here was obviously a huge win. For TCU, but
0: in my opinion, it just shows you how legit this Florida team is. I don't know if you had any questions about them coming into this week, yeah. coming into the season. A lot of us had TCU in the top three or four teams in our power rankings, and now this is really the first week where we're going to get to see their full squad. Obviously, it hurts that Zach that Ed
1: Zala got hurt. Do we have any Ed Zalak injury update, Kurtzman? Um, in the last I talked to him, I'm pretty sure he's done. Um, not official, don't take that, don't quote me on that, but. I, I'm pretty sure he could have gotten a little more hurt than just like a one to two week injury. So he could definitely possibly be out for the season.
0: Is that, do you think Ed's Alex done forever in the league the second time being injured?
1: Yeah, second time being injured. I would hate to see him go, but I 100% understand because the game is just physical. Yeah. And he I mean, crazy play where he got injured on two, just hawked the guy down the field and made a yeah. made diving play. It was but... probably, yeah, it was probably running 25 miles an hour on the play. Yeah, that was
0: a uh, that was that was a really good that was a really really good game. Arguably, you know, in contention game of the year kind of a game. But it to me in this one, like you said Kurtzman, I'm a little bit nervous for how these teams are going to guard guys like Eric and Drog because you look at TCU and you think, "Oh, that's a veteran flag football team, right?" Like that's a team who knows how to stop a really yeah. athletic quarterback in theory, right? Yeah. And now if Jarrac is able to do really whatever he wanted against them, and yes, I understand they lost the game, but their defense gave up 40 points. It wasn't because like it wasn't because their their offense wasn't moving the ball. It's because they couldn't get a stop on defense. But um, if if they can't stop them, they can't slow them down. Then I don't know who is. And Sam Allen will be sitting here saying, obviously we did, Michigan State did. But I think that's uh, both these teams are really good teams moving forward. Much needed win for for TCU. And uh, even though Florida lost one, I'm still very high on them.
2: We're going to talk about a little bit of a controversy at the end of that game. What? The, the call, the personal foul call off of uh, a catch from uh, Matt DeFilippis. Okay. Uh, I know it shows on tape. At the end of the game, uh, you know, Florida's driving uh, for the go-ahead score. Uh, Jirok completes a pass, a long pass downfield to Matt. Matt goes up, goes over to the defender, makes a great play on the ball, turns and kind of bulls the guy, the defender over. Referee throws a flag. So they were complaining that. Uh, he wasn't flag guarding, which was the call, but you know, that's the only call you got to make that there. there's no other call to make. Uh, he claims that maybe, you know, he's a big kid. He was turned around. He was falling down. But if you look at the film and I, I saw it firsthand, I was right there. I thought it was a good call by the ref. He turned, and he's a big kid and he had his body moving forward and, you know, he didn't make any move to avoid, you know, uh, defender and just kind of like ran him over and that cost them. They moved the ball back and, and eventually, it in the game. But I, I think, I think it was a good call by the referee. Kurtzman. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a good call by
1: the referee and it sets like a precedent. Like we can't, you got to make some sort of effort to evade the flag grabber because we can't just have you trying to run people over. And if you don't call that flag, even in that big situation that it was, then it kind of gives bigger guys in the league a leeway to say, Oh, I could just run through a guy on the goal line, or I could just kind of do this and that.
2: So uh, a good call by the ref, got to protect the player. You, you even mentioned it, the, the podcast before the, the game that uh, they shouldn't and no one should be doing that. No, you should not. You have, yeah,
1: you have to. You have to try to make some sort of effort to move out, like to evade the defender. It just it's kind of how flag football is universally played. So that's kind of just how it goes. Any other uh, takeaways or any anything you want to say on this game before we do stats? Um, it was a big win for TCU. They desperately needed it. Uh, they definitely were the hungrier dog, as I think you said, TJ, or one of you, one of you two said, um, Hungry the, Dog runs faster. Yeah, Hungry Dog runs a little bit faster. And I think not that Florida isn't hungry because they're, I think they're a hungry team regardless, but TCU was desperate for a win and they finally had their full squad there with Aliva, Prem, Ed, uh, Dylan Monahan and Eric coming back off, uh, getting, getting a little, his feet wet back yeah. in, the, in the league. So, um, big win by them. So, um, yeah, big win by them. Let's do stats. All right. Uh, for Florida, Jirok, 7 for 15, 115 yards, one touchdown, two picks, 11 rushes, 224 yards, a single game record, and three touchdowns. Also had a sack on defense. Ryan Osbar had one catch for 27 yards. Derek Reynolds had one catch for six yards and a pass breakup. Jarwar had two catches, 27 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a sack and an interception. Big day from Jarwar. Uh, Joe Dell, big day. Two sacks, a pick six, a con- and a conversion caught. Nick Zal caught a conversion. And Matt Diflip has had the big catch that we talked about towards the end of the game. And Mahmood with an interception. Uh, keeps making plays on defense. Oh, my so, what's up? I said, go Mahmoud. Yeah, go Mahmoud. Uh, for TCU, Eric was 9 of 13, 128 yards. Um, then – and two touchdowns. Also rushed eight times for 131 yards and two touchdowns. Dylan had two catches and 38 yards. Also had that uh, fumble six. It looked like uh, – I saw Augie wrote in the stats, Chase Young-esque. Um, <laughs> Also had four tackles on the day. Monahan one catch for 32 yards. Oliva had two catches, 15 yards, and an interception. Ed Zalek had two catches, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup and three tackles. Matt Balacly, a 25-yard touchdown. Uh, Matt Hughes subbed, has sack and interception. So big day for Matt Hughes. Uh, go Wyoming. And Prem, one catch, 17 yards.
0: All right. Excuse me. Ugh. It's a yarding over here. No edits. Um. Let's move on to the 11 o'clock slate. Ole Miss against oh, LSU.
1: Ooh, this is a great game.
0: This was a great game. This is the game. Um, I'll start off here. Bad loss for LSU. Big-time win for Ole Miss. But, you know, this is a week where we got, you know, Kirsten, you know this. We're in some of the chats with Sobes. You know, they were confident coming into this week. They were saying, okay, well, you're talking all that shit about us on the podcast. Watch what we do this week. Well... We watched. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, we did. And it wasn't and again, it wasn't great. Um, some things that we, we noticed in this one. Bad snaps. Horrible. Horrible snaps on LSU side. Uh really no time to throw. Body looked really good in this one. Connor for real, I thought looked good in this one, had a nice conversion. But outside of that, they just and even Soabs just wasn't on top of his game. Like I know um, you know, they I'm not gonna say it on the podcast. I guess we'll talk about more of it on on the preview about you know, some of the changes that they're going to make to their personnel and how they're going to you know go about things the rest of the season here. But whatever they were doing was just not working at all. And on the flip side, for Ole Miss, you could argue that this was Tommy's best game in the league. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his, num- his final numbers were, but first off, the line play on Ole, Mi- on Ole Miss was excellent the entire day. He had He had forever to throw. The only time that they really got pressure is when they started blitzing body when they moved to the baseball field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Kurtzman, you talked about it a little bit with Deshaun, like after the first week of the season where you just need to be athletic and buy time in the backfield as a quarterback. I thought Tommy did a really good job of that. And he did a really good job of just being decisive and picking up yards on the ground. Uh, Ryan Rougeau was really good in this one. He had a nice touchdown catch to start off the, the second half on a beautiful throw from Tommy. Uh, Guzman had a huge, f- uh, fourth down touchdown that put them up 34 to 26. Uh, that, that was a really good team effort. We talked about Paulie. Pauly was obviously a beast in this one as well. Had an interception, had a big play. Um, but, you know, that the, the complete game from, from the Ole Miss team, definitely, especially missing one of my favorite players in the league, Giuseppe, I thought everyone stepped up on that team. They were actually really, really good in this one.
1: Kurtz. Right, turned right, turn to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, no I thought, listen, I'm not even going to I, – I don't want to badmouth LSU, but – The offense, I didn't even really see the offense being that great. I thought they just kind of hit on a lot of really, really big plays. Body, body had a lot of really long touchdowns, which not that body wasn't um, getting open himself, but a lot of it looked like defensive uh, lapses for Ole Miss more than um, LSU actually moving the ball. I thought LSU really just thrived off the really big play, which has always been an MO of Sobes in his career, but it's not always the best offense when you're looking for positives for a team that's now one in three. Um, I want to see those sustained drives. They need to protect Sobes a lot better. Um, I think Sobes needs to get better at figuring out his personnel's um, feel like some of his offensive linemen and defense linemen need to be playing more one way than the other um, to maximize their effort level on one, on each side. Cause you need your offensive lineman to really be out there every single snap, maybe take some snaps off on D line to conserve for because you need time in the pocket. You need to be able to allow receivers to uh, get down the field. But another question I have for Sobes is where is Spo in this game? Mm. Where is Spo on the film? Like, not this is no knock to Spo, but he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him. And um, he had a smaller defender in front of him on a lot of plays. Felt like they could have possibly taken advantage of that. Not that Valinati um, isn't a, an athletic kid, but Sobe is a big body that has been known for making big plays with the ball high, at high point,ing the ball at its highest point. So um, I think sobes just needs to game plan a little better, see where his mismatches are, and uh, hopefully the new their new personnel and how they want to run offense will fix the problems of the bad snapping and the um, only really big plays. I, I want to see that. I want to see some consistent five, six play drives from them. Show me that the offense is clicking on all cylinders um, for Ole Miss, man. Great win. Tommy looked great. I yeah. said Tommy's evolution in the league was throwing to his linemen and running the ball more consi- uh, consistently. Some
0: dimes to Austin, some dimes to Steve.
1: Yeah. He had a couple of throws to Austin I had a couple of throws to Steve. Uh, Dane had to catch in this one as well. Uh, and Tommy was a willing runner. He saw, they were blitzing, they were blitzing three, four guys on a lot of plays. Um, LSU, at least later in this one, and Tommy was able to make them miss that first wave of, uh, blitzing. He knew that he had free space, a lot of free space in front of him. Uh, his line, Austin, man, Austin and Dana, two brick walls. And Verdesco holds his own in the, in the, in the trenches. Um, this is a really good team and they're kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. Tommy looked really good. Um, Rojo had a big game. Like you said, I wish he would have caught that second touchdown. Yeah, Jesus Ryan. Really? That would have sealed the game. Yeah. Would have sealed the game. Listen, wet day diving catch towards the sideline. Not the easiest catch, but like I expect Ryan, Ryan to make that play. Yeah, no, no, no. I expect Ryan to make that play. And Ryan expects Ryan. I think yeah. Ryan expects Ryan to make that play, but um, no, I thought the defense played really well. And, uh, Ole Miss' defense was sending a lot of consistent pressure. They saw that the offensive line was a weakness, and they took advantage. And that's what I want to see. You recognize something, and you take advantage of it. That's what a defensive adjustment is. Hmm. So um I just want to see more teams pick up on these things with other teams because every team has a weakness of some sort. You just got to go out there and exploit it. So um I thought Ole Miss came up with a good game plan. They got the job done, and, uh yeah, so they're that- cooking now.
2: We'll start with LSU. I've been saying it since the first game of the season. They don't protect their quarterback. And if you can't protect your quarterback, you're not going to win in this league. Um, Just look at the game films. Uh, And every game that I've seen, how many times have you seen Sobs step up and throw the ball? He's he's always throwing from his back foot. He's always throwing under duress. He just doesn't have the time. Quarterbacks like to step into their throws. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that luxury right now. Yeah. So hopefully they make some changes and get it right because you have to protect them. You got to give them a little more time. The snaps, you know, you could say, Oh yeah, the snaps again, but they're lollipop snaps. That takes a second off. That's big. I mean, you got three seconds to throw you minus a second. It, 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 it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, some high snaps, lollipop snaps. Like I said, didn't like the ball getting back to him. Didn't like the protection he had. Uh, I, that kid's too talented, you know, to, to have a losing team. I mean, I've seen it. We've all seen it. We know what he he's perennial, you know, uh, a playoff team, uh, a championship fighter every year, every year. So it doesn't just change overnight. Like I said, when I watch the games and I see that 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 he can't step into his throws, there's there's something wrong with the offensive line. Oh Miss, that. Oh Miss. Uh, you know what? He's got a great offensive line. Tommy, anchored by all world Austin. Uh, that kid's a uh, if you have an old bad down of all time, he's on that team. Hundred uh, percent. Uh, and Tommy Tommy uses protection well, slides well Moves in the pocket well, knows when to run And he threw some really, really pretty passes uh, I, 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 My hat's off to him He had a great game uh, If he plays like that moving forward They're going to be a tough team to beat Anything else on this one?
1: Um, I think Tommy's answering the questions From draft day Why draft the same team as last year Minus your first round pick from last year hmm. Well, three weeks in Two and one could could easily be three and oh, if not for the late game collapse against Florida. Um yeah. but yeah I think Tom Did they have Paulie
2: on that game in that game?
1: Which one? The Florida game? Yeah. Yeah, that was Paulie's first game of the year. He missed
2: That's the first it. one. Yeah, I know he but, missed one game. Yeah, hey, he's yeah. a beast ball. I did he get bigger yeah. in the offseason? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like yeah. Um
1: Kersman, give me stats on this one. All right, give me one second because Ryan Moore texted them to me. Mm, interesting. All right. Tommy Galante, 7-14, 93 yards, two touchdowns, and a conversion. Rushed for 148 yards on nine carries. That has to be his career high. Uh, two touchdowns. Also had a pass breakup and three tackles on defense. Pauli Caldonato had two catches, 15 yards. Also had an interception. Rajo had two catches, 30 yards, and a, t- two t- and a touchdown. Oh, wait, not and two touchdowns. I'm sorry. Um, Guzman had three uh, – had – Geez, these stats are not correct. I can't pay that right now. <laughs> no, just Rajo and Guzman. Um, Rajo right. no, had one catch, 15 yards, and a touchdown. Guzman had one catch, 20 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Val had a pass breakup and two tackles. Austin had two catches, 23 yards, and an interception. And Verdesco had one catch, 24 yards. And for Sobes, 11 to 24, 192 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Also had five rushes for 75 yards. Mike Boddy had four catches for 140 yards and three touchdowns, also had two sacks. Spo just two catches for 15 yards on four targets. I think that needs to change. Tommy Torrey had a sack and a pass breakup. Eddie Welsh had one catch for two yards. Jake Sobes had two tackles. Cody Norton, again, two catches, 16 yards and a touchdown. The the, the streak continues. Uh, And Sean Solarzano had a sack as well. Awesome. All right, let's move on,
0: Kurtzman. Before we move on to the... Um, other 11 a.m. game. I just want to point something out to you, as this is, you know, a podcast and no edits. But I would feel, I feel like I'm holding back on you if I didn't tell you this. Um, Denver is currently down 18 to Orlando at halftime, sitting at plus 120 to win the game. Take that as you will. <laughs> Take that as you will. All right, let's move on to the other 11 a.m. game. Oregon versus TCU. Dad, I'm going to disqualify myself from this one. I didn't see much of it. I'll start with you. I know you were watching this game. What were your big
2: takeaways? I thought Texas Tech was a little in demand, undermanned. Uh Noah Abdul, out of injury. Uh, I think, I believe the first play of the game, uh, their uh, player Nick. I'm not sure. If it's no, like no, no. This
0: is, this is Oregon versus TCU. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Oregon sorry. versus TCU. My bad. You're thinking My bad. Texas, Texas Tech. Tech?
2: Yeah, Oregon right. versus TCU. Oregon, TCU. Uh, TCU came out flat this game. Mm. It's always, you know, maybe it's a trend where it's the second game with doubleheader. Uh, Maybe they expended a lot of energy in the first game. Uh, Oregon, uh, their game plan was to stop uh, Eric from running, and they did. Uh, They they won't force him to throw the ball, and uh, the results weren't pretty offensively for TCU. Meanwhile, Oregon, they they pretty much had their way with what they wanted to do offensively. Um, I, I thought that they had an excellent game plan. They came out executed, and they beat them soundly. Kurtzman. Um,
1: yeah, no, I, this really was, um, it was a one-sided affair in this one. Um, offensive line for TCU was not giving Eric the, t- the proper time. And I think that, like Tommy said, the defensive game plan for Oregon was um, spot on and able to really negate Eric for running after he just ran all over Florida's defense. Suroff still a monster on the D line, had another sack in this one. Um played a lot better at quarterback as well. Also a lot of creative play calling. I, we saw um Bowen score, Steve Bowen score on a um like a 15 yard rever a double reverse, which I thought was a good play. I had Seroff end up lead blocking for him. Amir also blocking downfield. So um you like to see the creativity by Seroff and kind of using this playmakers to his advantage. I know Joe Pip had a long touchdown on this one. Um I think TCU expended a lot of energy in that 40 to 35 victory. Um Right, bef- right before they played in this one. I think it kind of showed early when they really didn't, they came out super flat and there's not a lot of energy. I think, I think their goal in the game, the day was to get at least one. And once they got that one, it kind of just, it was like, they almost kind of just went like, all right, it's raining. Let's get out of here kind of game. So mm-hmm. uh, commend Oregon for taking care of business and doing what they're supposed to do. They got all the athletes on they had a, They have a lot of good athletes on that team that are able to make plays. And, after getting this win and also getting another win later well, that we'll talk about, there are a few. There are two plays away from being four and zero. So I think two and two is a deceiving record for them. Um, huge that they got back to two and two. I think I had them going to zero and four. Yeah, you had them going zero and four. I had them
2: going one and one. Uh, I think you had them going on four. You had them winning the second game. Oh, of, I did. Uh, I did. I did uh, take uh, them. I yeah, maybe well, you said they were too good to go on four. Okay, but
0: the fact that they're that they're at two and two is
1: is yeah. No, this was, huge, was a huge.
2: They could have been easily four and zero.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, this was a huge day for them. And uh, TCU also had that opportunity to get from 0-2 to 2-2, and and, uh, were unable to do so with the second win. Um, Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a trend, like Tommy said, that maybe the second game of back-to-back come out a little flat, especially if you get the win in game one. I think maybe if you get the loss in game one, you come out a little hungry. You're like, all right, we need to get the second win. We're not trying to go 0-2 on the day. But, uh, no, big win for Oregon and uh, a a confidence booster because I think – you know you start losing some all these close games, you're like, damn, like we gotta get one. And they end up getting a few on this day. Anything else on this game? No. Nothing. No. All right, let's do stats, Cursman. Um, I'm waiting for Augie to send me them, so I can't. So we me. will all right. We'll go back to we'll go back to the stats on that one. Yeah,
0: let's move on to the 12 o'clock slate. I'll start off with Texas Tech versus Oregon. We'll stay on Oregon. Uh, Dad. You started talking about this game before, so I'll let you go on this one.
2: Okay, again, Texas Tech, <laughs> they were undermanned. No Abdul, I, I believe they were missing another player. Oh, there was obviously no Jelani, he's done for the year, right? Yes. Uh, and then, then they had a player, uh, who they're going to all, off early, uh, Nick, I think his name, yeah,
1: Nick, Fidati, yes,
2: yeah, and he he wound up pulling a hamstring during that game too. So, you know, uh, injuries kept coming from him, but they they hung in there. And the, the battle in this game was on the line. Harnish versus Santiago. Santiago on the other side was uh Latempa versus Amir. Uh, I seen Harnish pick up Santiago and move him into the backfield 10 yards. <laughs> that is not an easy feat. I mean, the, the hitting every play, I, I I felt exhausted watching the game. I, I felt beat up watching this game. The, the, the two sides of that line were just killing each other. Uh it was, a, it was a close game, and there was one funny point in the game where um, what happened was Billy wouldn't let um, Surhoff use his football. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so Surhoff had to use a heavy ball. It was rain-soaked, and I, I felt the ball. It was a ton. But yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to blame Billy. You know, on a rainy day, and if you're a quarterback, maybe you don't want to use your ball. You want to keep it as dry as you can. So I'm not going to blame Billy for that saying that's a spiteful move. Uh, but there was a point where Surhoff throws a bomb has a man. And, and Billy goes out there and he, like, uh, he was the second man on the double team and knocked the ball down. So he turns around and starts, you know, giving shit to, to Surhoff, talking a lot of shit. So, uh, so I was going, what are you I'm throwing a ball that weighs, you know, 10 tons. You won't let me use your ball. And uh, Billy goes, you know what? I think, he, I, you know, you pretty much have the best armless lead uh, next to me. You know, <laughs> other than me, he said. So I thought that was hysterical. Like he's giving himself a pat on the back on a play he's talking shit for. So, funny funny thing for me Kurtzman um this was another
1: grinded out game close finish for Oregon it seems like they're getting into a, a habit of playing in these uh close last minute last second games came out a little slow off the second game back to back a lot went got down 12 nothing but then they they really hampered down on defense didn't allow another score for the rest of the game. That um may be attributed to the lack of possessions that Texas Tech, Tech had. Uh, we'll definitely have to get the referees to really be enforcing the play clock. Uh, Texas Tech, Tech didn't really have the opportunities to get the ball, as Suroff took, really was draining clock, uh, had two eight to nine play drives with penalties included on um, in the second half. I mean, listen, it, we always say, like, you should definitely try to drain clock if you're trying to um, – keep the other team's offense off the field. And right after Texas Tech comes down with two scores, maybe that's something that Oregon was trying to do. Uh, we give Oregon credit, man. They came down, they got two second-half touchdowns, and they were able to hold off a late drive by Texas Tech. I think it was a final play, Steve Bowen, interception, Steve's to see the deal for them. Right, could, can I get into a little more,
2: more controversy in this game? Oh, yeah, uh, it was the offside. Yeah, the offside that turned the, into mistake. The final in this game was 14-12, am I right? Yes, you are. Okay, it was decided by a safety. Uh, There was a play. It was deep in uh, Texas Tech end. they had the ball. And I know I I don't like pointing out, you know, uh, what referees did. I think that maybe this one was missed. It was a clear offside, clear. Uh, And and Billy just ran. He thought he had a free play. So he was in the end zone and he was about to throw the ball and he gets sacked for the safety. Yeah. Uh, no whistle, you know, Billy freaks out a little bit. He has a right to be, because, you know, everyone, even the team that was watching on the sideline for the next game, Michigan State, they're all saying the kid was in the backfield before the snap of the ball. Um, I, I, you hate to see a team lose like that, but, you know, Texas Tech had their chance. They had the ball uh, driving down to go for that, to go ahead and score inside the 10-yard line, and uh, Stephen the Demon picks him off. But it's, it's a tough loss, loss to lose by two points on a safety that was questionable.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I definitely, I talked to Billy after the game. Uh, obviously, you can't, you can't control. Obviously, you don't want to blame the refs for a game, but that was a very controversial play. That ended up being the deciding factor in the scoreboard. So um, you hate to see that sometimes, but still got to give your kudos to Oregon. They allowed zero points after the first two drives of the game by Texas Tech, and they were able to come out of a sloppy week three with a 2-0 record. Good job. Um, it's, it's a great job by Suroff. It's a great job by the whole Oregon team. Um, I would be remiss to, say, to talk about John Romano, who I thought had a really good day on both in both games. Um, that whole line I thought was giving Suroff a little more time to throw. So shout out Oregon for stepping up and making plays. And, uh, yeah. Anything else on this game?
0: Um, I didn't I see it. I had to disqualify myself. I did not see this one, I had to leave okay. and go to
1: my uh, – I had to go coach for – I'll give some time. I'll, I'll give some stats if you're uh, – right. Yeah, I don't, have, I don't have anything. All right, cool. Uh, start off 11 to 16, 113 yards and a touchdown. Also had six carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. Also had the sack safety that we just mentioned. Joe Pitt finished with two catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup and four tackles. Steven the Demon, three catches, 41 yards, and the game ceiling pick, uh, pick six uh, interception. Um, Jack Cugent had three tackles. Uh, Dins Anthony had one interception and a pass breakup. Amir had one catch for five yards. And John Romano had five catches, 52 yards for Oregon. And for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Steve Ruiz had four catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Sadati had two catches for 15 yards um, and a touchdown. Oh, no, I'm sorry, three catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. Parnish had a catch six yards and two sacks on back-to-back plays early in this one. Latempo uh, was just a monster on the line, uh, both sides. He's still one of the best two-way linemen in the league. Jeff Graham had three tackles. Mikey Freeman had a catch for nine yards and a tackle. And J. K. Will, as always, leading the team with five tackles. He's a monster on in, at the middle linebacker spot.
0: I think J.K. Will is in position for an all defensive, uh, all defensive berth, all defensive uh, team right here.
1: Yeah, no, he's 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 everywhere on the field. It seems like he's around the ball at all times, making tackles, making plays. So uh, when the stats are fully updated, hopefully by this week, at some point, um, we'll see where he ranks amongst the leaders. All right, let's go to the other twelve o'clock game: Purdue versus Florida State. State. Dad, did you oh, see any of this game?
2: I have to squelch myself. I yeah, no, I
1: this is, I think, this is a me-only game, basically. Yeah. basically uh, no, no, this is fine though. I refed it. Um, same old problems for. I'll talk about Purdue first. Same old problems for Purdue. Uh, actually, I, I'm sorry. Let me start over. Um, Deshaun got hurt on the third play of the game. Um, tweaked his hamstring a little bit, but you know Deshaun. he's not, and he didn't quit on the game. He was still moving, making plays throughout the injury. Not saying that that's the reason why they lost, but um, it didn't help them. It didn't help their cause early, and it was it was um, evident that he was hamper. Uh, he that he was injured and that he wasn't going to be able to move the way that we can see. We usually see him move um, same old problems for them. just Interceptions, turnover on downs, get inside the 10. Can't, can't punch it in until late in the game. Um, they just need to clean that up. The offensive line, I think needs to stay in and block a little more, just do a little bit better job blocking for him. I think that they definitely um, hold their own, but there are plays where I feel like they're going out a little too early and uh, putting Deshaun under pressure where he might not need to be. Um. Also, just team chemistry, just continue to build with each other. I know you got a lot of new guys. Um, we're missing some guys this week, so it, it it's not easy. And I hope that they have a full squad coming up this week, so that they can kind of put it together and hope to get a get, get a W in the win column. Um, as for Florida State, you came in and you took care of business. Started a little slow, um, but started pouring it on in the middle of this one, end of the first half to the beginning of the second half. They, I think they scored all their points in that kind of like 20 minute range from like the last 10 of the first half to the last, the, the beginning 10 of the second half. Um, Justin was amazing. This one had a crazy one, had a pick six, pick six to end the half. Rob Akhani had a pick six in this one. Um, so they're really good. The defense is amazing. They got a lot of playmakers, one of the best defenses in the league. They score a lot of points for their team, and that's crucial in this league. If you can get free points without having to put your offense on the field, that is a major key to success. Um, Florida State is rolling. They they are a great team in this league, and they're going to go as far as I think their offense, uh, their defense, I mean, takes them, but they also have a capable offense of putting up 40 points in any game. How many pick sixes has uh, – Justin touchdown. has three. Justin has three touchdowns. Three defensively yeah. you know, yeah, no, with, there's your defensive player of the year right now and justin hasn't already locked up defensive player of the year the odds on on the bear down books are minus a thousand uh, so um it's it's a virtual lock that justin as long as he keeps up this stretch um he'll be in line for a defensive player of the year or mvp yeah possibly the other side of the ball where he's just
2: equally as good
1: no, I agree. Um, really, I, going forward for both these teams, they're gonna FSU's gonna keep rolling. I think they're gonna hit. They're hitting a. Uh, they're gonna hit a tougher part of the schedule. They got Soaps this week. I know. I know they got me and IB lined up later in the season. So um, we'll see what happens when they face the top echelon quarterbacks in the league. I should say. Okay. Um, and as for Purdue, Murgle um, had a really good day. I thought Rob Torino had a really good game. Deshaun just needs to cut down the turnovers. Um, I say it every week. He's just sailing a lot of balls over receivers head. Sometimes I uh, feel like he has too strong of an arm for, for, uh, for himself. I think like he always is overthrowing. And I think that he just kind of needs to make sure he's staying on top of the ball when he's throwing a little bit. Maybe focus on keeping the ball down a little bit. Um, I think that'll help them out. Giants to mark what a really good game in this one, always making plays off the rec- uh, receiving off the line. And um yeah, no, I, I just think they need to just continue to improve. We, we need the, the late-season surge needs to begin soon.
0: Yeah, they need to get on track. I agree with that. Give me stats on this one, Kurtz.
1: Um, I can give you stats on this too. Okay, here we go. Augie was 9 of 19, 135 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Also had four carries for 21 yards. Justin Ferrara had five catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Also had a pick six, and um, he intercepted a conversion and took it to the house. Um, Also had a pass breakup and four tackles. Matt Iavino had his breakout game. He caught two touchdowns, had 40 yards receiving this one, also had two tackles. Lebo had a catch for six yards. Matt Barola had another two sacks in this game. Joe Ivanak had three tackles and a conversion caught, and Rob Liconti also had pick six and three tackles. As for Purdue, Deshaun was 18-29, 181 yards and a touchdown, but threw three interceptions. Also had four carries, 24 yards and a touchdown and Marco finished seven catches, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Also had a sack. Uh, Nick Murgle, seven catches, 72 yards, and two pass breakups. He was standing out um, when cutting the film and, uh, honestly, while watching the game. Uh, Anthony Rodriguez had a sack and a pass breakup. Ali Shah had four catches for 36 yards. Slim had three tackles. Uh, Mike Body subbed for them and had an interception. And Mikey subbed for them and had an interception.
0: All right. Let's move on to the last game of the day Michigan State against Alabama. Um I want to start this one off by reading a DM that I got from Nick Douglas. Okay. Um he said uh he said to me I told you that we would get a shutout versus Bama if Abby was the QB, even though it was dead for the most of the game and we still did. Stop sleeping on Sammy darts.
1: <laughs>
0: Sammy darts Sammy I mean darts. This- Sammy Darts. Sammy darts sounds like after the game, uh, Sam Allen's going to smoke a pack of cigarettes. That's what that sounds like, Sammy He does. But nonetheless, love the confidence from Douglas. Love uh, the fact that that team is clicking. Kurtzman,
1: I'm going to start with you in this one. What were your big takeaways? Um, good good defensive showing on both sides, I thought. I thought Alabama's defense honestly did a really good job. I think w- Ways had four sacks in this game. Um, Sam Allen seems to really just have a problem with getting sacked, and I'm not sure that that's the offensive line's fault. Um, I think that he doesn't necessarily move uh, away from pressure as well as some of the other quarterbacks in the league, but that's not a knock to him because he also continues to just make plays and throw the ball extremely well. Um, I think that Alabama on offense just kind of needs to figure it out. Um, Get a quarterback, figure it out. Is it Abby or is it Dev? Um, I've never been a believer in quarterback switching working i think your quarterback needs to get in a rhythm needs to have a get uh it helps him with the feel for the game feel for the how the pressure is hitting um coming at them how's the line playing um so figure out who is your quarterback is it dev or is it abby you can definitely have some packages where each of them plays quarterback but figure out who your main guy is going forward um i think they do a good job on offense on who they're trying to get the ball to the emmerich led the team in targets again in this one i think emmerich is a good player in this league who deserves to have a good target share but um maybe some more concrete plays from Alabama. Okay. Less, freestyle, less freestyle, more quick hitters. Let, you have a lot of good athletes on this team. Maybe let them just get the ball and let them make plays. Um, the flag grabbing, especially in a rainy game, flag grabbing is usually at a little bit of a um, lesser efficiency. So I think that um, just playing more as a unit and kind of figuring out how they're going to attack other teams on both sides of the ball will be the key for them going forward. As for Michigan State, they shut us up. They came out there and they got a they got a big dub um, shutout. A shutout is never an easy thing to do, especially late games when other teams are just trying to get points on the board. It's yeah. hard to lock in and continue on, especially when the game is uh, clearly in hand. But they did a great job in this one. I thought Sam had did another great job in this one, throwing the ball, um, mixing it up, having Garland throw a few passes. He made Sam actually made a nice catch on the sideline in this one from Garland. Um, he got everyone involved. He had four guys who had three catches. Um, and they just kind of they they figured out they figured out a way to score some touchdowns. Nick King with a huge game, caught two touchdowns, a big moss early on. In, shout on out to the Nick league. King. Yeah, shout out to Nick King, a veteran in the league, had four tackles as well in this one. Um, might be if it's if it's not if it's not his first half of a day, he'll definitely be having a day this week, that's for sure. Um, but overall Michigan State's a really good team got a, really, a lot of really good parts and as long as Sam Allen is playing the way he's playing right now then they can go far in this league
2: dad I, there was a lot of trash talking this, in this game a ton of trash talk um, thing is you can't talk trash and get shut out it's not a good look uh, I look at Alabama up and down that roster there are players every single one of them my problem is who's the playmaker where's the playmaker that's what that team needs you know what it's enough to get a, a ton of targets enough to get a ton of catches but you know what you got to come up with the big play you got to break uh, some tackles you gotta you know take the, the a, a slant pass to the house you got to be able to go up and get a 50 50 ball in the end zone these are the things i'm not seeing from this team so i'm looking for a playmaker like i said they got a ton of athletes great athletes show me the playmaker um there was offensive tackle, and I, I don't know his name for Alabama. Uh, played on, uh, I guess if I'm watching the game, he's playing closest to me. Uh, the guy was a wall. Uh, he was going against uh, – Zach was going against him. And oh, Brian Duncan. Zach, oh, they, they, he, he could not could not penetrate. Uh, he was a solid, solid lineman. I love the play from him this week. Uh, I like to see him go out for some passes, but, you know, he was just giving – Great protection from that side, and that's not easy to do against Zach. Zach's a, a great speed rusher, and for a big man, you know, he held his own. He was able to neutralize him. Uh, my, my hat's off to him on that. But uh, uh, Michigan State, great job. They know what they do, uh, they, what they do best. They, they game plan for their, the teams that they play against. Uh, Sam's great at doing that. Uh, they had the right uh, recipe for this game. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into them. I just – Alabama, I think it's a team that can win. They just show me the playmaker. Yeah, someone's got to step up and make plays. That's what I think.
0: Yeah, Chrisman, like you said, I think if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, Alabama's got to figure that out ASAP. I would just stick with Dev. Like I said, he's just got to go through the growing pains of the league. I think Emmerich will will get that thing turned around and figured out, though. So I expect them to be competitive moving forward. Michigan State was already a team we expect to be competitive moving forward. I don't think our minds have changed after – uh, after that week, after this week, I should say.
1: Anything else on this one before we do stats, Kurtz? Well,
2: how um, many how many
1: jerseys you got for Douglas? Because every week they rip it off. Is, is, is I know, So maybe someone's got a call wholly against them. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I got nothing else on this one. I um, I'm impressed with Michigan State. They're playing us this week. I think um, I'm pretty sure we're playing against them this week. So high profile matchup for both. Yeah, give me stats. Sam Allen, 14 of 21, 132 yards and three touchdowns. Also had a catch for 16 yards and a rush for five yards. Douglas had three catches, 42 yards and a pass breakup. Haster had three catches, 15 yards, interception and a conversion. Zach Bilheimer had three catches, 21 yards. Also had a conversion caught. Nick King had three catches, 46 yards and two touchdowns. Also had four tackles. Uh, yeah. Alice Kaka caught a five-yard touchdown. Also had a safety, uh, sack safety. Um, trevor garland had one catch uh, not one catch had one completion for 16 yards also had a pass breakup and steve schaefer had one catch for three yards and for alabama uh abby was four of 11 65 yards two rushes for 21 yards also through an interception also had one catch for 10 yards Dev was one for six for 10 yards also had a rush for four yards and caught one pass for 15 yards Ways had four sacks and two tackles. Emmerich had one catch for 35 yards. Denoya had two catches for 15 yards, four tackles on a pass breakup. And Angelo Pizzuto had two tackles.
0: All right. Um, Let's do Dogs of the Week. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's start with the the first. Let's start with the – we'll go back to the first game of the week. Dartmouth Dartmouth. against Blue Mountain State. Anyone off the top of your head, uh, stick out, stand out.
1: Um, I, I, I don't want to say Tompkins cause he's just, he's the star. He's the star of the team. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say Tompkins either. No, honestly, I think Joey, I think the offensive line for, uh, Dartmouth, uh, Leota DeMayo and, um, Nick Wyman. So they did a good job, uh, okay. Joe giving him time to throw the ball and get it out to Tompkins. So I'm going to um, go with the unit. I'm going with the unit there.
0: Not going to take, not going to take that away. Um, TCU against Florida. My bid would be for Ed Zalek for making that play and, and shattering his uh, shattering his um collarbone. collarbone I don't know it was. Dad, you're shaking your head. No, who'd you go with there? Joe Dell. Yeah, we said Joe Dell like five times already this season. Oh, you want to talk about a dog that there's there's a guy in the trenches, Kurtzman. Who do you like in that one?
1: I uh, like Ed. If if it's his last time playing, then he deserves Dog of the Week for making a. He made he was making a true competitor's play, hawking down someone, knowing his speed, knowing he could get there, and made a made a nice play, but. Wish, wish, uh, almost wish he hadn't tried. Ole Miss against LSU. Ole Miss against Tommy Guns. Tommy,
0: Tommy Guns, Tommy Galante?
1: Tommy Galante, dude. That kid was a dog. He went out there and got that win. Uh, willed that team, I thought, on both sides of the ball. Um, but if it's not Tommy, then honestly, it's Austin. Yeah,
0: I would say I was gonna say Austin or Steve. And oh. I think you could give him with that that the line and Ed, yeah. Ed Danon as well.
1: Yeah, and, uh they yeah, those are brick, those are brick walls on both sides. And and Steve is no slouch back in the at center. And honestly, man, his snaps are very good. He gets the ball right to Tommy. Tommy can go through his normal uh drop back as he's been doing his entire life. So um shout out to that unit. They they fight in there. They fight in there. So I'm giving it to that unit, Austin, Dane, and Dave. Uh, Oregon against TCU. I think I'm gonna go with Zach Sharay
0: only because he clamped Dylan and then had a pick six. Yes,
1: yes, uh, that's dog of uh, the weekish. Yeah, pick six was wild. Um, it's actually that that is one of the plays that's on film for that game. Um, he goes and hands the ball to Eric. I think that, that's Zach Ray specialty. That is off, of, off a, uh, a big play on somebody that he wants to taunt in some way. Uh yeah, Zach's a dog man. He T- always takes the challenge of guarding his brother and uh, I think he won this one.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh Florida State
1: against Purdue. Oh, I have to give a dog of the week, honestly, in this one. Um I'm gonna go Rob Torino. Hmm. Okay. He's been a very steady flag grabber. He got Augie a few times on back to back plays, I'm pretty sure, early in the one. And he was a steady flag grabber for on defense for Purdue. And he's just been steady on both on offensive line for them. Feel like uh Deshaun has used that to his advantage. Rob very good at kind of pushing the guy outside and giving the quarterback the ability to step up and kind of maneuver that way. So um thought Rob played a great game in this one. But if I had to go with someone from the winning team, I'd say Matt Iavino. Kind of had got his breakout game in the season. So, uh, big dog of the week for him. Also had a sack in this one.
2: All right. Texas Tech versus Oregon. Dad, how are you feeling? The, uh, the dogs of the week go to the lines, both sides. Offensive defense for both teams. I'd say it was a war. It was a battle. And you had to hear the hitting. I mean, body against body. Unbelievable what I saw with that game. I'm going both lines. Okay. Uh, big, big units, big units. uh
1: Dogs dog in a week. Yeah, no, I think I think in this one, it kind of makes sense that like in a in a rainy setting, the the trenches are the dogs in this one. I mean, they're, they're the dogs every week, but in a game that's sloppy and kind of games that are played in torrential downpour at
2: some points, lines matter a lot more. Uh, you know, just talking to those guys after the game, they were they were beat up. They yeah, no, one hundred percent.
0: All right, last game of the day, Michigan State against Alabama. Who are you going with dog of the week here, Dad? Uh, Nick King. Okay. Yeah, that's the obvious, correct?
1: Yeah, Nick King um, was kind of all over the field making plays, talking his shit. Um, Wiz was a dog in this one, I thought. But uh, winning side, Nick King and Nick Douglas just for getting his shirt ripped every, every, uh, every game. All right, um,
0: I think that's going to be it for the podcast. We will be back on definitely Thursday. For the preview, <laughs> but I'm thinking Tuesday we're also going to do like a, a stats podcast and something like that. Something along those lines, maybe like a 20-30 minute podcast, just talking about the league and things like that. Maybe just like a, maybe we could do like a State we'll
1: of the see, Union, a we'll little see, State uh, of the Union. We'll see what my schedule is like.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking maybe a little, maybe a little State of the Union or um, like a little behind the scenes of a TJ and Kurtzman discussion.
2: No one cares about that. Everyone cares about what I say. So relax.
0: Uh, power
2: rankings. When are we doing those? Thursday? Thursday.
0: All right. Thursday. Power rankings will Big come out Thursday. change power All right. We will see everyone on the next podcast. Everyone, thank you for listening. We will see you some point throughout the week. Um, if you have any questions about anything at all, feel free to reach out to myself, to Kurtzman, Augie, DM the league, any, all that good stuff. Everyone, thanks for listening. Subscribe on all po- on all podcast platforms as well as our YouTube channel. We will see you on the next one. Peace.